0: Welcome to Keeping Taps. I'm Tabitha Croc, and every Monday, I talk to someone here in North Idaho with the goal to connect more people in the Coeur d'Alene area. And then every Friday, I talk to someone outside the community to bring in a new perspective and to learn a little bit about yourself. Okay, I have Ben with me today. I am very excited to talk to him. Um, funny thing is, what, last week I got to jump on his podcast. He's a podcaster- right and financial guy i think you put what was it financial nerd or what did you say on your profile
1: oh geez on my like instagram or something like that yeah <laughs> financial nerd i think is what it says <laughs>
0: um spoke we all have guys. things
1: we're nerdy at okay like I just happens to be finance
0: i know so he's a little bit of everything i'm so excited to chat with you could you do a little intro and in kind of who you are what you're up to, where you're okay. located. I know. A little bit about Ben.
1: Okay. I think I am on your like not native side. Like you do a podcast one, right? That's like local to Coeur non local. Even though I'm like not local, I feel like I am local. Right. So, because native Spokie. So, Ben Clune, born and raised in Spokane, grew up in Green Bluff up on the north side, raised oh. by, uh, My parents own a marketing company here in town, so I was raised in a family business in the marketing world. At uh, 15 years old, I started investing in the stock market just kind of for fun, saw what money could do for people and thought, I'd like to have some of that. I should probably get into this, you know, investing thing. When I went to GU for accounting, so I'm kind of the black sheep of the family, if you haven't figured out yet. Like my family's in marketing, my brother's a designer. I went to GU for accounting and work in finance, so they think I'm really weird. (laughs) So they're all art nerds, I'm all finance nerd. And then when I was graduating, I had no idea what the heck I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I thought I was gonna go work in accounting and was, I didn't know what I was gonna do. And so I was married uh, and graduating college and uh, was really uncertain what the direction of my life looked like. And then about uh, a month prior, I decided to graduating, I decided I wasn't gonna go into accounting. And I started kind of just broadening my scope and looking as to what I wanted to do. And I had narrowed it down to, uh, kind of, uh, a position at an advertising firm here in town locally. And then also saw a job description on indeed for a uh, financial advisor. I was like, well, geez, that sounds interesting. Like what the heck is this financial advisor thing mean? And uh, it was never something I thought I would do as, as a job, but I read the description and I was, uh, kind of tell people it's like I wanted a job where I could help people right and get paid to do it and uh I I, I joke and stuff people are like Ben you can't say that I was like I, I joked it's like okay well then you're a pastor or a financial advisor right if you're sitting in a coffee shop and helping people one of them you get paid a lot more and there's a lot less emotion and stress so I kind of which one I'm going with <laughs> but and uh you had to do a year in it and it, it, you had to bring a million dollars in your first year if you didn't you got cut and so it was one of those things I was like, well, we're right out of school, like no time like the present to, yeah. to give it a go and see if it works. And if it doesn't, I can't say I didn't try. But then that brings me to today, still married to the same girl, 10 years as of uh, this past July, coming exactly. up on 11. Yeah, she works as a dental hygienist locally, grew up, her dad was the dentist, so grew up in a local family business as well. And we have two boys, three year, just over three years old and nine month old. So I'm living up on five months. So there's the whole life story.
0: Wow, you are yeah, you're busy, um, especially with little boys.
1: Yeah, they keep you busy. There's something, uh-huh. <laughs> especially I the three-year-old. I'll, I'll have to show you a video off-air, <laughs> but he was counting the other day. This is a funny story. It's semi-inappropriate, but yeah. Good, I love it. That's that life. And so he's counting, and he's telling me about how he's going to school today. And then tomorrow, we're going to go to his school for conferences. So one, two. And I'm like, buddy, you got to go one and two. Like, both fingers have to stay up. And he's like, no, this day I go to school. Tomorrow, you come to school. And he's just sitting here going like this at me. So I have a picture. I took a video of it and did the screenshot. And he's sitting there like this. Just his finger up in front of his face. And I'm like, mornings with a three-year-old. Like, yeah, that's about right.
0: When I upload this on YouTube and when I upload this on, like, Instagram, <laughs> that is the screenshot. I'm That's the
1: gonna... thumbnail. <laughs> it's just, hello.
0: They're going to be, like, clicking on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Number one, huh? Uh,
0: so, and then how did you start a podcast in the midst of being a dad, husband, financial advisor?
1: That's a good question. I'm trying to think of how this, I'm trying to think of how the podcast format came about. Um, I can't tell you exactly how the podcast format came about but I can tell you why it came about at least and it was for accountability so uh, at the beginning of 2019 my podcast mate Stephen Brown who I think he referred to me as a podcast husband on your podcast yes he
0: did
1: he did a month ago when he recorded or something like that um, that shook me a little bit wasn't sure how to feel um, we were talking about like hey you know we had a really good year 2018 was a good year for us both from a like business standpoint, right? I'm like we want to keep that momentum going. We got a lot of positive momentum going. Uh, we both like to be less fat. So I'm still working on that whole less fat thing as referenced earlier in the podcast. Or it's like a full circle. You come full cycle, right? It's like you lose it, you get fat again, and then you gotta lose it again. It sucks. But so 2019 was hey we're gonna we're gonna kick butt in business and we're gonna kick butt in, in our health and we're gonna get in the best shape that we've ever been in. And uh, we did that actually. I mean I I dropped 20 plus pounds in 2019 and was at the lowest I've been in a very long time was working out four or five days a week. Uh, Stephen loves going to the gym, but his was eating healthier uh, really. and then uh, wanted to like I said continue the mental business and learn from a lot of the people that we have as mentors uh and and share those mentors with each other right we're like man what a great format to do that in the podcast platform where it's like we have a lot of good connections locally if we can bring those people in one of you had our first interview ever tyler Lafferty, he was on your podcast as well um let's bring those people in let's hear from them. let's learn about their successes and failures and and glean what we can and then why not share with others if we can and blast it out there as a podcast for those that actually want to listen so it uh it's kind of how it started
0: yeah, and now you're interviewing all kinds of crazy people like myself and um, <laughs> learning all kinds of great things and um, your questions are great and the your format's fantastic. Um, you guys do it in person, which is really fun because there's a lot more like interaction, especially when there's mm-hmm. two of you talking. It is a blast.
1: Well, and I think to some degree it just helps break down the barriers, you know, and, and we always say just think of it as like we're having coffee or we're having beer together, right? It's like it's meant to be conversational in nature it's not meant to be a structured interview like I think people identify with that more right like it's just natural It just flow
0: I know I was kind of um, upset I didn't get offered a beer or a glass of wine while I was in there
1: well you came too early <laughs> you should have should have stuck around
0: that's when happy stuck
1: around for another hour or two huh yeah <laughs> plenty right. of plenty of that in here
0: <laughs> I, I noticed when I was over there they have a great setup over in Spokane <laughs> yeah
1: Well, you'll have to come on back then for a happy hour.
0: Deal, I'll take you up on that. Um, So if someone is, would you give, what kind of piece of advice would you give someone that is wanting to start a career in finance?
1: Ooh. I always tell young people that come in their chat like, oh, that was, hello. Hi. Okay, freeze that. We'll edit that out later, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it was you and not me. But uh, as far as anybody get thinking about getting into finance or getting into finance, it, uh, it, it's, it's a hard profession, especially the first five years. So if you're talking about getting into it and trying to build a book specifically in the advisory role, right? Because there's a side of finance where you can be salaried and you can be an employee or you can be a producer, right? And, and in most cases you're commissioned. And so I've only ever been commissioned. I've never had a salary. So I had to build a book, like you have to build a business to get paid anything. You got to manage your your relationships and your clients and and keep up on on an annual or semi-annual basis and manage their portfolios, right? So it's not as much about the analytics, right? If you're on the financial advisor side, it's a little less about the analytics and more about the relationships. But for young folks getting into it, I always say, you know, it's going to take five years, of psychological trauma essentially where you are the person that's just trying to get by and to build a book and make some money and you're taking the millionaires out to lunch and you're picking up the bill and you're just hoping your card doesn't bounce right (laughs) for a lot of people and you're just trying to grind it's just a grind so psychologically it's very tiring the first five years uh, i always say it's like you got to have a nest egg already built up you got to have almost no expenses or you got to have uh, someone who can support you those first couple of years in most scenarios some firms will give you a salary and they will salary you at a small amount but it's like anything in life i always say it's like if you believe in your abilities then not taking the salary and going the commissioned route or starting your own thing i think is going to be the best bet because you're going to get to a place uh, quicker of making more money right if you can go out there and you have a really good network already built in that's going to be signing on with you but it's hard I mean one of the things I underestimated the most about finance is the psychological and emotional toll that it is because I mean there's so much emotion in money right and a lot of the decisions people make most of the decisions people make uh, are not based on math they're based on emotion right and what I'm doing and what you think that you'd be doing in finance is all just math, right? And I tell people, it's like, I can tell you what the math is. I can tell you how the math works out. I can tell you why you shouldn't pay off your house and you should probably put it into the market if you have extra cash, but debt innately from an emotional standpoint, we don't like. So we wanna pay it down first before we do that, right? But so a lot of wealth creation is sometimes going against the emotions and going against what feels right. do what actually is right mathematically
0: yeah no. well a lot of the newer financial people um love to love the love the linkedin i don't know um how many messages i get on linkedin daily about financial advisors wanting to connect
1: (laughs) yeah yeah
0: i'm like well i guess i guess like if you can't meet with people if you're living in a city where there isn't like you know, you can't meet face to face. There's no coffee shops open. There's no like lunch. Yeah. I guess it's a creative way of reaching out to uh, business professionals.
1: Well, I think it's like anything, right? You're kind of just cold calling. It's just a form of cold calling. Like they're just connecting, 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 hoping to God that somebody messages me and say, oh my gosh, I've been looking for a financial advisor. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly. we little bit in there. <laughs> So obviously you've gone through a lot of um, different, like you said, you're the black sheep of the family. You went into finance and you got married probably, I mean, it sounds like 10 years ago. So, I mean, and you're super young, so. um, Yeah, I
1: was 21.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, so super young. Is there a life lesson that you have learned kind of the hard way as you've gone through everything?
1: Uh, A life lesson I've learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. it's funny. I was thinking about this, you know, there's always that job interview question of like, what are your failures?" Like, show me a time that you failed, right? And I was like trying to think of times that I failed. And this sounds funny, because it's like, of course I failed. Like everybody fails, like at some point. But I think it's all about how you see your failures. And I've never seen my failures. Like I, 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 did, I couldn't even answer the question because I didn't see them as failures. That sounds really dumb. This answer does, and I realize that. But it's like, it was an interesting, like introspective thing for me to stop and be like, what are my failures? Like, no, I failed. Like, for my definition of the word failure, it's like I totally failed. Mm-hmm. But I just never saw them as failures. So I think like, not necessarily even learning the hard way, but it's like if you can reshape the way you even see your failures in life, right? And it's like no, it's a stepping stone. It's not even a failure. It's like you don't even dwell on it. You just keep going and you just keep grinding. And like, if you can get in that psychological like strut, if you will, almost where it's like it's not even a failure. I didn't even see it as a failure. It was just a stepping stone towards the next like positive outcome right i mean enough failures and you get a positive outcome so uh that question was really interesting to, to me but i mean that's what i would say as far as like see, doing it the hard way i would say just continue to fail and keep failing and realizing the failure isn't a bad thing it's the next stepping stone towards something positive coming about and you don't know what that positive thing is going to be
0: right and i think that's like such a great point it really is is that you're like people hear failure and they think something's super negative but if yeah. you are in a business profession, you actually see those failures. When I raise money for nonprofits, I use a failure. Yeah. like, this, not, this fundraiser did not work. It flopped. We'll never do that again. Or I'm just going to switch it a little bit and hopefully works if I just tweak it. And so the failure yeah. is just learning.
1: Yeah. And that's all it is, right? I mean, failure is just an opportunity to learn. And if you can learn from it and tweak it in the future, awesome. It's, yeah. Get it out of the way. Fail, what do they say? Fail fast, fail quickly. <laughs> Get it over. Get that failure. Yeah, keep going.
0: So, a couple of fun questions for you: If you could have dinner with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be?
1: Oh, geez, dead or alive? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you'd like to say it's somebody. I mean, Walt Disney would be an interesting one, I think, to have just because, like, you you've shaped a lot, the way a lot of the kids live and a lot of the adults how they even live at this point, too. I mean. He'd be interesting, but also, I mean, I just think like your great grandparents for most people, I think, I think it'd be interesting to have lunch or drinks or something with my great grandparents. And if you could bring it back, like, what was the history really like? Like, tell me what it was like for our family a hundred years ago, right? Like my family had a farm on the snake river. It's like, what was that like living on a farm on the snake river? Like I see pictures right? right? and and I see the artifacts or whatever that came from the farm, but now it's underwater, you know, because of a dam. So it's like, tell me about the history of living on the farm that I don't know about, I think would kind of be an interesting. Well,
0: well and it's so true. Like we were just talking about your, your son and you're able to video him telling you a story and that we yeah. can capture things now in like just videoing, like our family oh, yeah. doing something together or you do stuff like at work. I video people doing stuff and we, you know, we have yeah. this history, but we didn't have that. We don't have that to look back on.
1: No, I mean, if you could see a video of like where your grandparents lived, right? I mean, we don't have that type of stuff to your point. We got a black and white old Polaroid photo type thing that we're trying to do. It was interesting. The other day, my brother or father or somebody found an app that would take a still picture oh, and I'm animate things. things no. right? You see that?
0: Like it gives me chill bumps even talking about it because they look so realistic.
1: It's crazy so it's like our great grandpa like looking around and from the still like and moving like so you can see what they're facing anatomically might have been how it would have been built and how they're looking around and moving you're like that's weird
0: and I've seen some of those videos of people videoing like their parents seeing that and then they're all just crying and emotional I was like oh my gosh
1: well and I wonder like if those people knew the, the folks that they're seeing moving like if they're crying or not right? Like what the connection would be, would be interesting too.
0: Exactly. All right, Spokane guy, what is the best go-to restaurant there? We talked about this on my podcast or on your, when I went to you guys, go-to restaurant in Spokane for you.
1: Ooh, in Spokane specifically.
0: I mean, in the Spokane area, I mean, if you've got a hidden gem, please tell me.
1: I will, I'll, I'll break it up. We'll, we'll start uh, north. And then we'll start working our way to the South Hill. Okay. So, <laughs> so again, I live up on five mile, okay? And so Northside didn't have a whole lot of great restaurants, I would say. Yeah. Uh, when I say North, I don't mean like North of the river, okay, people? Again, I grew up in Greenbuff. I mean the actual North side of Spokane. So uh, 1898, up by the old Calspell in the old Calspell, well, it's the new Calspell, the old Spokane Country Club, Calspell Country Club, up North of town, they have great setting, probably one of the nicer views in town from a restaurant uh, overlooking the golf course and the rock mountains in the background and everything. Really a great spot, like 1898. Um, as far as downtown, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Durkin's uh, yes. because I love a good craft cocktail and a good cheeseburger. So Durkin's is one of my, my favorites. Also going to GU and just like the camaraderie of a bar, I'm a big fan of Jack and Dan's.
0: Jack and Dan's, uh, oh yes.
1: For the word, Spokane staple. I mean, you can't not have Jack and Dan's on the list. Uh, if, and then what else downtown? Like We have our go-to places. I'll give you just my go, those are kind of the go-to places. If we were going up the South Hill, I do enjoy the happy hour at Luna on the backside of the South Hill. So Happy Hour Luna is also pretty good.
0: See, you didn't say Churchill's.
1: I do not say Churchill's, like Stephen. What a cop-out answer. Somebody from out of town would say Churchill's.
0: <laughs> oh, it still cracks me up.
1: <laughs> I guess, I think I said this on, I know, he was like, oh, all oh, oh, like a taken aback and offended. Though so Churchill's- He was uh, like staring
0: at you the whole time. He was like, what? I didn't have a good answer.
1: Dude, whenever I say something opposing Stephen, He's always like, no, you're going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong. You've got to be wrong because I'm right. Because I'm always right. I'm Stephen." But Churchill's Cheesecake, some of the best cheesecake.
0: Fantastic. Those are perfect. <laughs> started like,
1: north, went south, ended with dessert.
0: Yeah, that's perfect because I do ask that question. So when I'm in Spokane, I know where to go.
1: Yeah, uh, Durkin's is, I mean, for downtown, pretty pretty good one. I mean, I oh, Here's a good one, though. Which one? So here's how we do downriver area, the downriver area, Autobahn area, right? So we got downriver grill on one side of the street, flying goat on the other. Okay.
0: I love
1: flying goat. Flying goats legit. So here's how you how here's how you play the flying goat game because you got a 45 minute wait every time you go. So you put your name on the list at Flying Goat, right? Is and then they tell you that's gonna be 45 minutes. You're like awesome. You walk across the street to Downriver Grill, you get yourself a cocktail. Then you order the waffle fries with the gorgonzola cheese sauce on the side so the fries don't get soggy. Okay. And then they bring that out and you make sure you have a friend who gets bored and has to get up every 15 minutes and they go and check on where your status is at flying goat. But then you can dip your cheese, so- your fries in the cheese sauce and have your cocktail while you wait for the flying goat.
0: Wow, you do it right.
1: You gotta have a good time. You got especially when you got young kids, man. It's a very small window that you get to get out. So you're like we're we're doing this up
0: you guys have it timed perfectly i love it <laughs> like when i I, mean, I grew up i grew up in harrison so anytime we would go to spokane it was to go to like a chief's game or a concert or yeah. something cool like that so we would just go to dick's and then go to whatever event we were going to so
1: <laughs> and that's a hamburger place for those that are wondering well, Yeah, yeah yeah
0: yes it's the hamburger place if you're listening idea. That's what we did.
1: (laughs) Hey, another Spokane staple though.
0: It is, and it's perfect. It's just, you know, if you just need that quick burger,
1: you just need a greasy gut bomb.
0: Gut bomb and some great entertainment from the transients.
1: Yeah, maybe a disease (laughs) or two. Yeah, it just depends.
0: Oh, I love it. So if you could have a billboard. In downtown Spokane, and it could have anything you wanted on it It could say anything what would your billboard have
1: oh geez it depends on how feisty i am that day i love it (laughs) uh i mean some days it would say be nice some days it would say you've seen the movie liar liar yes (laughs) okay so there's there's the scene in there and, and i say this to people sometimes when they're it's like and it's just mostly with regard to politicians when they do something stupid that goes against what is actually the law, right? It's like, you guys create the law, yet you don't even pay attention to the law and then you end up breaking it because you're that dumb. But it's usually the quote, it's like, quit breaking the law, asshole. It's like, I'd love that up on a billboard in town. Um, Perfect. Or probably the other one would just be like, don't fear failure or something like that, right? Like go. Out, you know, fail big, fail hard, something cliche.
0: Yeah, and I think failure's like the the theme today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I like failing, it's good.
0: Mm -hmm. So um, are you reading any, like, is there a go-to book you're reading to right now that's kind of been a motivation or are you not a reader, are you a podcaster? No,
1: I read books. Um, One of the best ones that I just read was one that was given to me by a colleague. They actually gave uh, to the staff, uh, whole team for Christmas called The Psychology of Money. And it was a really good book because it reshaped kind of the way you think about money and like, what is money? And working in finance, the, your, your perception and ideas of money can become very distorted, right? Because I mean, for the most part, we only work with people that have money. I mean, I don't work with people that don't have money. I manage people's money. So the people we work with are usually pretty affluent. So your idea of like, well, a million dollars isn't that much anymore, right? Is like a funny thing to even say. You're like, most people never have a million dollars. So it kind of like reset and just brought you back to like a human level to some degree, which was really cool for working And I've shared it and bought it for a lot of my closest friends at this point, like, hey, you need to read this book Um, because it talks about wealth and it talks about time and just, you know, how important time is and, and what wealth can do for you to give you time, you know, to, to buy your way out of cleaning your house and, think you know, different things like that, right? And so just kind of some of that. And then the one I'm in the middle of reading now is called The Cold Millions, uh, which is, I, I don't read novels, like, a, it's like an actual storybook, usually it's like a self-help book yeah. um, that I'm reading. So my mom gave me this one to read, The Cold Millions. So it's based on unions in the Spokane area uh, during the mining days and so it talks a lot about uh, the different areas of Spokane and Coeur d'Alene and it talks about a lot of the mines that we had and some of the union riots and living through the union riots uh, back in probably the 20s 30s uh, is kind of when it's set so interesting book I'm only about halfway through it at this point but that's really cool the cold millions
0: that's really cool uh, so do you have any um, like upcoming goals or projects or anything that you're really like kind of excites you outside of your work?
1: Um, I'm a car guy. So I I don't know if we talked about this before. I like cars. So I always collected hot wheel cars. So it was hot wheel cars and model cars. So I still have all of those, but now they've gotten a little bigger. um, So I'm running out of space. (laughs) <laughs> for for cars so I, 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 I you know just I can't work on them is the funny thing but so we have uh my my father and I mostly have uh, a few older cars that we kind of just they're always continual projects I'm a toy guy too so I, I like cars I'm not the guy who thinks a car is a to b so I mean you might see me driving a goofy 1985 Chrysler LeBaron or you might see me in a 1969 Oldsmobile Delta 88 convertible, or in a 1952 Chevy pickup, right? So, I mean, I, I think the experience of driving is just really cool, and it's one of the ways that I can turn off and relax, because uh, it can be hard to shut off sometimes, you know, just constantly going. And so, driving does that for me. Um, so just some little projects on the cars and like, like putting a little Bluetooth stereo in the Oldsmobile that looks like it's original to the car, right? So, and uh big deck project, we a big deck that we got to work on at our house. So that's going to be a demo starts this weekend. So that's pretty exciting stuff, pretty exciting stuff, but mostly travel. I'm just excited to start traveling again.
0: Right. I know we were just talking about the vaccine the other day because, uh, you might have snuck over somewhere to get one, and I'm just not going to say anything else there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's like another thing. Is like it's I think everyone is just ready. It's so fun to see people on their spring break trips this year. Like during oh, yeah. break, break, I'm just seeing like all my friends from like that have kids that are all on the Oregon coast this year. They're all out doing stuff, and it makes me so happy to see people start oh, yeah. like travel and do things with their families.
1: Totally, it's hard to be home and in that one year of just doing the same thing over and over, right? I mean, we talk about the grind, like, can't even go to dinner, you're not even supposed to have friends over to have a drink and just relax a little bit and live life. That's tough.
0: It's really tough. And I think I think everybody should be required to have vacations and should be required to do those things. Totally. Mental health is everything when it comes to a year like we had last year.
1: Well, and sometimes it's hard to take vacations in the kind of like looking into craziness, right? You're like, I'm just so busy. How can I take a vacation? It's like, but you don't really realize that whole running on empty. Like, yeah, I'm running on empty, but I- I'm still productive. It's like, no, you're really not as productive as you'd like to pretend you are.
0: Exactly. It's like,
1: it'd better if you took a few days off and came back and hit this again.
0: Yeah, and that stress and anxiety and all the stuff that you're dealing with, it's just, it's wearing on oh, your man. body and people don't even know it.
1: Mm-hmm. It uh, that's one of the things I've had to learn is like, you know what, like stopping and like resetting actually is, is a beneficial thing. It's hard here, but it's really good for the rest of the body just to stop. And even if it's just the walk, you know, like, like, oh, I don't have time to go outside and, 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 you know, walk in the building or anything right now. It's like, I need to focus. I need to get the stupid email out. Yep. But I mean, just taking the time. And sometimes it means letting the ball drop on a couple things, uh, to To get to get the other stuff done right, uh, it's just kind of life I'm figuring out.
0: Exactly. Well, that's why I, I tell my fiance, it's "Fun to say, see, um, is that I was when I mean, he's like grinding and working. I'm like, let's go for a walk. Like it's just you've been pit, like in one space for too long. I'm like, I'm gonna go crazy, and I know he needs it. And it's like your mental health, yeah,
1: level.
0: so great for it.
1: Totally, absolutely, yeah. You get the little <laughs> a little cuckoo, a little cuckoo.
0: So if someone wants to connect with you, whether it's, you know, financial, that kind of stuff, the podcast, or just, you know, get to know you, is there a way that uh, someone can reach out and connect with you?
1: Yeah, they can email me if they have an interest in chatting about finance, Ben, 10 capital Uh, T-E-N-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Our podcast, Ordinary Extraordinary, they can connect through me through that, O2E, journey i think o2e on on instagram steven does all of the like most of the social media stuff like i li- just don't tell anybody i literally like show up and he does all the editing and stuff like he does all the work let's be honest i'm just the pretty face <laughs> not sure what that's saying if i'm the pretty face but whatever we'll go with it just go with it
0: i love it i love it and like we brought up a couple times it's been kind of you know a rough year, you know, whether it's financially, emotionally, physically, I mean, people are struggling in one way or another. Um, Can leave us with one piece of positive advice as people go into their day?
1: Hmm. Well, I can say something I've tried to start implementing just like to create that positivity is like stopping and just saying gratitudes. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I was like, you don't really realize what gratitudes do for you as a person too, psychologically and for your overall attitude, right? It's like, so, I mean, I think sometimes just, there might be a lot of shit going wrong (laughs) in, in your life and sometimes looking and saying like, yeah, that's bad, that's going wrong. But like, what's going right? Cause it's easy to dwell on the failures and the things that are wrong. I mean, the news does a plenty of that for us with just pointing to everything that's wrong instead of some of the positive things. And you get on Facebook and you see everybody else's life is so great. Right. uh i mean as i like disconnect from social media go for a walk and out on your walk just say what's going right it's like oh my gosh like today it's like you go outside and be like oh my gosh it's beautiful out today like it's sunshine the sun is shining and i get to be out for a walk that's a positive it's like i'm healthy that's a positive i'm married to a beautiful woman who works hard positive i've got healthy kids positive beautiful house good job I get to take a vacation when I want to, like a lot of things that are positive, right? Which I think sometimes people get stuck in just, I'd be saying grind a lot, but just the idea of just like, it's the same thing all the time. But sometimes the same thing all the time is what a lot of people envy. Like I know a lot of people envy my life and how I live. I know there was a quote and I should have found it, kept it, but it was like, It was essentially like that wife that you don't want to go home to someone else lusts for like that home that you think is too small someone else like desires right that that junker car is what the homeless sleep in essentially type thing and you're just like oof yeah like a lot of the things that you're sitting there like oh god i got a toyota camry like they got this old car instead of the s-class mercedes right? It's like, yeah, but you have a car that gets you from A to B to a job that pays the bills, that puts food on your table, right? It's like, yeah, you might not be where you want to, you might not be where you want to be in life, but that doesn't mean you're not on your way there, right? And so sometimes stopping, and this, I'm guilty of this all the time, by stopping and looking back to say like, hey, where, how far have I come? I think is really important too, and because it's easy to just keep looking forward, like, God, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. It's like, yeah, but look where you've come from, you know.
0: That's such a great point. And that's because lately I've, I'm living in this studio apartment, you know, there's two people, a lot of things and it's like overwhelming, but I do have a home and we're saving money and we're doing all this stuff so that we can be more successful. So it is a good point. It's like, you kind of get that in your head that, you know, so stop and be grateful.
1: Yeah. Well, we talk about goals, right? And I always say it's like goals are a really good thing to have, but a lot of the time if you're so focused on the goal you can lose like the appreciation for the now too and and i mean we were talking about this in the office like you get a big client on board and you like don't even celebrate that anymore it's like so stopping and celebrating your small wins every once in a while and be like no like we kicked some ass man we've got this client we competed we won like you got to stop and acknowledge that and celebrate that to refill your bucket a little
0: bit i think too that's awesome that's great well Ben, thank you so much for giving me some time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me on. It was fun. Sorry you got I got a little preachy. I got a little preachy. Yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, Spotify or iTunes to listen to all the great interviews. Keeping tabs is all about people telling the story of some amazing people we have in our community and across the world. So make sure you subscribe, like, and follow along.